This week on the Time Blaster Toycast, we're blasting back to 1982 and starting our year-by-year breakdown of all things Masters of the Universe. From He-Man to Skeletor to everything in between, we're going to do a deep dive on all the action figures from Motu Year One, and it starts right after this break. Welcome to the Toy Cast. Toy Cast. Cue up the Super Soakers for the Time Blast. Time Blast. Make your tail spin from the launch pad. Launch it's the Time Blast. Time Blast. Toy Cast. You can download this podcast on all major streaming platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to check out the official Toy Cast YouTube channel at Time Blaster Toy Cast. To stay up to date with us, please make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Time Blaster Toys, also at The Retro KO. The Time Blaster toy line is now open. Leave us your reviews, thoughts, or comments via voice message, or you can shoot us a text at 734-494-2292. Folks, I'm Dave. I'm excited to present the following podcast, which is scheduled for nostalgia with a 60-minute time limit. Introducing first, today's topic. After nearly six years of development and various concepts of ideas, in 1981 it was settled and production began. By 1982, store shelves were getting stocked with what would become one of the most successful and memorable toy franchises of all time. Coming to you from Eternia by way of Mattel, ladies and gentlemen, it's the 1982 Masters of the Universe. And now for your hosts, they're weighing in today with the stress of fatherhood and fanfare of figures with actions. Masters of the Toyetic Verse, by the power of Time Blaster Toys, they have the power. They are the reigning, defending, Toy Cast Tag Team Champions of the World at the Retro KO Joe at Time Blaster Toys Keith, together known as the Time Blaster Toy Cast. All right, boys, it is 1982 Masters of the Universe time. Mm-hmm. Crazy, right? Very crazy. When you look back at Masters of the Universe, at least me, when I look back, 1982, I, well, first of all, I was born in 1982, so right. the fact that He-Man is that old just kind of blows my mind, because He-Man was around forever in the 80s, right? Into the late 80s, kids right. were buying He-Man on store Up shelves. until this day currently. Yeah, wild. So yeah, 1982, our year-by-year journey in Masters of the Universe is beginning today, guys. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? Oh, you know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some He-Man. It's uh, been a long time since we talked Masters was, of the Universe, right? Just well, I mean, yeah, the podcast started. I mean, we're almost coming up for our second birthday, mm-hmm. and it was uh, like episode eight or nine in May of 2022. And we haven't done wow. a He-Man. That's, that's it's that long. It's like a hundred episodes. My mind's literally blowing right now. I didn't know it was that long ago. Yeah, so that episode, deep deep in the archives, is kind of yeah. like an all-encompassing look at Masters of the Universe, where we kind of tell the backstory of the. The toy line, and I'm sure we'll hit on that a little bit. Yeah, yeah but we were all over the place. We were all over the place. We, we we mentioned these eight, like the first wave, and we glossed right over and started talking about. <laughs> well, yeah, we crammed. We like, went to our favorites. <laughs> we crammed like five years of history into 45 minutes. Right. We just started on the new stuff. If memory, like we were talking the newer stuff before we it, we were all over the. Oh, place. we went vintage to modern in that one, guys. Yeah, so, it was yeah. wild. It was nice. a wild list. I listened to it just recently to. to to see what have we have a did. cup of coffee before you listen. And to you that were like, one. "What are we doing?" <laughs> well, I was, wow, like we've come, like we've come a long way. Yeah. So the year by year synopsis, we did it for TMNT. We're in the middle of it. We did it series by series for WF Hasbro. Yeah. We've started that with Power Rangers. Yep. 
And yeah, so we're starting the He-Man journey today. Many years to talk about. There's not a ton of figures in 82 to yeah. hit on, but yeah, we can talk about them all at length in a minute. But before we get too deep into that, we got a review to go over. We got some shop news we can talk about. Let's, uh, let's hit the review first. Let's hit this review that comes to us via Derek, and he writes, love this podcast. So many great topics from toys and movies to the shopping. Growing up in the same town as the man, the myth, the legend, Keith Libra, I get to relive my childhood memories every week. Additionally, I got to visit the store, and the only thing better than the nostalgia of the toys I grew up with was seeing a friend from 20-plus years ago behind the counter. Everything about the shop in this podcast is exactly what I need to take me away from the responsibilities of adulthood and back to a much simpler time. Thank you, Derek. Yes, thanks, Derek. We the man, the myth, you. the legend over here. Oh, yeah. Right. Ma- making, what's it called, guys? Pump my tires. He's pumping your yeah. tires full of air, baby. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, that's funny. So that was, I was telling you guys off air, that's my buddy, Derek. We were like super, super close. I Dare I say probably best friends in, when I was in like seventh and eighth grade. Right. Middle school, which are like those rough years of your life, right? Very rough. Middle yeah. school, ugh. You're kind of awkward, kind of figuring it out. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, and you still love toys, but you, you love you toys. Can't you love the wrestling. outside world. No, you love right. toys. You can't tell at anybody. that time, yeah, you love wrestling, and it's not cool to like wrestling. Now it's cool to be a nerd. So yeah, I haven't seen Derek in a very, very long time. Um, he came into the shop with his family, so super cool dude. Um, when I think of Derek, I want to tell the story. I think I told it on an old podcast, but I probably never said his name. But like, and this will this will kind of bridge the gap when we talk about Power Rangers next week. Yeah, because like my memory of Derek was when we were little. What? So what are you in seventh grade? Like twelve, twelve ish, maybe thirteen. You're like becoming a teenager. Yeah, and maybe this is even eighth grade. I'm not exactly sure, but yeah, you're in gym class, right? And you're sitting on your butt. Back against the wall mm-hmm. in alphabetical order. That's how we started gym class. You yeah. guys have gym class like that? I believe like we that? did the same thing. And you counted attendance? In elementary school, we did that. Yeah, but this yeah, was... middle school, it was you just got out there and started doing whatever. No, this was like you changed into your gym clothes yeah. in the locker room. And yep. then you sat on the floor in alphabetical order. Yeah. And my last name's Libra, L-I-B. And Derek's last name's Little, L-I-T. So we're sitting right next to each other. Mm-hmm. And along the way, somehow somebody says something to break the ice. And we realize, oh, we like wrestling and now we have things to talk about and then somewhere along the way somebody started the topic of mighty morph and power rangers Ooh, when, when, you're in seventh, <laughs> when you're in seventh grade saying you love power rangers that's putting yourself out there right but heck yeah it, is. it worked out well because we were like all about it but that's it was awesome. like kind of our little secret on the down low you don't want right. all, you want the girls or the bullies of middle school mm-hmm. to know that you're rocking green ranger when you're a teenage boy that's right well the real life bulk and skull have been coming for you <laughs> right yeah <laughs> the, the real life bulk and skull would have been coming for me yeah so thanks derek we appreciate you i'm glad you listened to the podcast and um yeah, real quick, you guys came in this morning. Yeah. What do you think about the shop improvements? There's night? a lot less natural light in here. I kind of okay, dig it, yeah. though. I kind of dig it. Yeah, it feels more like you're, in, you're more intimate. There's yeah. a, there's like this idea of a toy store or a comic book store, or any of those stores where it's kind of like dark and dingy because there's toys stacked yeah. from the floor to the ceiling, and I never wanted to be that store, but you need space. you got to right? have space. So I ended up, yeah, we built a wall. Me and Melanie, we built a wall. Blocking what? Is that sixty percent of our window? Yeah, but I mean, you had to because the light was destroying product. It was destroying you know product I mean? for one. Yeah, yeah, and that wall was being not utilized in any way. Right. I mean, I love natural space. light and all, but 
We still got two nice big windows. Yeah, oh yeah, no. yeah, giant door. You're still good. <clears throat> yeah, so we built a oh, wall with shelving. Yeah, we got the whole back room's been cleaned out. Just trying to, you know, make sure that get my life in order. That was one of my <laughs> goals for 2024. <laughs> get my life, get the shop organized. Where when something sells or someone asks for something, I know where it is because. There's been times where it's like, I know I have this item. Somewhere. And it'd take me 20 minutes to find it, or I'll never find it. Right. I feel like the shop feels more full now than it ever has when, oh, I, when I look around. Yeah, I think so. So and full. That's what I was telling you. Yeah. I'm like, we got to film like a little, I don't know if I call it a commercial, but like a little- a little highlight reel. Yeah, 60 a second boy reel. or, yeah. Yeah, or maybe a sizzle. YouTube video kind of showing because- you made me one years ago mm -hmm. when the shop opened. When it first opened. Which I was very appreciative of. Mm -hmm. But you go back and watch that thing now. It's so empty. There's <laughs> <laughs> like 30, the store's like 30% full. Yeah. Yeah, now there's just stuff everywhere. Different day now. Yeah. So anyways, that's that's my updates. What about you guys? Anything special this week before we get on to He-Man? I mean, not I had really. a, I had a show. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that show. Yeah, there's not much to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> he had a wrestling show, man yeah, managed some tag teams last yeah. night. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was a good trip. It was more, you, you know, at this point in, in the career, you're, you're going more for the road trip with the boys than you yeah, are for the Yeah, to see your buddies. Yeah. Yeah. You're just going, you know, the car ride there and the car ride home is far superior than, than the show. <laughs> but high production value down there in Canton, Ohio, you know, three little three-hour-plus drive. But, yeah, it was a better way to spend a Saturday. And then I realized when I got home last night, I'm like, what well, was kind of never thought of it this way as far as, as doing like a, a a traveling road trip indie show. Yeah. But I'm like, it was just like going to work because I work 12 hour days oh. and I have a 45 minute drive each way to work. So I'm gone like pretty much 14 hours yeah. on a day I work. I was gone like 13 and a half hours yesterday. I was oh. like, it was just like going just to work. Punching the clock. Except that, <laughs> yeah. you know, except I had fun. Right. You know, right. It, was, it was great. So That's you didn't cool. you didn't get to choke slam anybody, huh? Oh God, no, no, no I'm not. A, I want to see Dave out there choke slamming people I don't again. Think I've ever done a choke slam in my life. Now's the short. I'm received or gave. <laughs> I've, I've received a choke slam. I've, I've received, received many a choke slam in my yeah. life. That's, I love taking a choke slam. That's what I, 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 I think it would get over. Take it hurts yeah. like hell if you're doing a good job. Oh yeah, it's better than those feet up. I've had some tall brothers give me choke slams in my life. Oh, yeah. Dave's more of a hands-off manager. I just want to see That's Dave right. Oh, yeah. They had a spot for me where I would get bipped off the apron. I said, oh, no, no. No? No, 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 no. That's how about I, I trip you and you stomp on my fingers? And I choke slamming manager. That's what I want. I said, no, no, not this show. I'm like, we got to make the people want it. If there's a future rematch. Okay. Like, <laughs> Building up for the spot. Yeah, build up for the spot. Yeah, if I'm going to get bipped <laughs> off the apron, I, I need... Uh, Dave never comes back. <laughs> Good chance of it. So that, next show, next show though, we might get to work with some with some old ECW legends. So I'll have to. I'll nice. Have to, Who? Which two? Uh, this is, right now, the plan is for it to be Shane Douglas and CW Anderson against uh, eighty six. <laughs> nice. With what a duo. With Sandman as their enforcer, so you know who's oh, going to end boy. up getting. Yeah, you are. You're getting. That's why it. I'm not getting bipped off the apron by two it. green cats. Dang. I want you to share a sig with Sandman. Yeah, well, you know that. Happen, <laughs> He's going to smash a beer can over your head. And then Choke yeah, slam. Not looking. Not let's just say this. I want David choke slam every ECW it'll be legend. Fun. Yeah, it'll, it'll be, be a fun. fun little thing, but not necessarily looking forward to uh, getting caned. What a wild, what a wild assortment of men in that match. <laughs> we might have to ask for triple pay for that one. <laughs> oh, all right, guys, let's do it. It's He Man time. It's 1982. Uh, Dave, you've kind of got the master list, so maybe you kind you guide the conversation and we. We just go figure by figure, and then we'll hit the big stuff after. Yeah, yeah. We had, uh, of course, in the first line, we had the eight 
figures. Um, we might just go in alphabetical order here, as opposed to I think so. Any other yeah, because when, when you it was broken in two waves, but we can just run them down. Oh, where was it broken? Yeah, what, four and four. Yeah, because in the first part of the year you had uh, He Man, Skeletor, Man in Arms, and Beast Man was wave one, yeah. and then oh. the other four was wave two later in the year. Oh, see, I didn't even realize yeah. that. They weren't that far apart. No, they weren't. Because there was a whole nother wave that came out in the end of 82. Okay, yeah. The original wave one, like, yeah, I think it was like three months apart from mm-hmm. the release. From what I that saw, sounds about right. Yeah, well, Big Jim became He-Man, but we'll start with Beast Man. <laughs> I know someone who knows a lot about Beast Man. Knows his, the de- every detail of his costume. Someone that dressed as he or excuse me, Beast Man. Last year for Halloween Day, yeah, sure did. Did. of yeah. these eight, would you say Beast Man is your favorite? Beast Man or He Man? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, a Beast Man just looks cool, and mm-hmm. he's probably like the coolest looking figure out of the well, him or Skeletor. But we can get into that when we do our top three. But like, I don't know, Beast Man. Well, he was just that bumbling idiot sidekick in the, yeah. in the cartoon. And that's another thing that we should preface the toy. This is changed the Masters of the Universe changed the game in the eighties. Yeah, because. Toys in the 70s were all based off of some licensed product. An existing IP movie or something, cartoon. And and Mattel lost the Star Wars deal to Kenner. Yep. They wanted to get into the action figure space, and then they created the He-Man line. They created these eight figures. They had the story. They had the comics that that came out with the figures, and they said, but we need a movie. We need a vehicle to push it. So they created the cartoon based on the the action figures. So figures... Led to cartoon, which changed the game for everything that came after it. Cor- yes, correct. So, like the iconic looks when you picture the cartoon and you think of certain characters, some of these guys, <clears throat> excuse me, look pretty dead on, and other ones like Ma- Man at Arms is missing the mustache that yeah. he's known for. That's because the toys came before the animation in the cartoon. Yes. Um, but yeah, Beast Man himself. Pretty accurate to the look on screen. I think Super so. Super cool figure. We're talking, everyone knows Beast Man. He's all orange, right? He's got the red armor around his neck, uh, the fur on his chest. He's got the little cuffs around his arms. Comes with that whip with that giant bullhorn looking. It's like a megaphone whip. <laughs> it looks like he's, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, it looks like he's Jimmy Hart or he's like going to yeah. be on the bottom of a cheerleading pyramid and scream into it or something. <laughs> but that's what they needed to fit in his hand, I suppose. I guess. Yeah, probably a choking hazard to make him have just yeah, a little stick. Maybe. Yeah, I, I assume that. And then the, the accessory... I mean, how many figures... Like, Star Wars came with these little baby accessories, but like... Yeah. Ex- the accessory game was brand new at the time. To create a whip for a figure. Right. And um but yeah, and, and the one thing with Beast Man is the original figure came out with just orange feet. He did not have the red boots. And the red oh, boots oh. I believe came later in re releases from Oh yeah, this Beast Man figure, when you go back in the vintage line, he has no boots. Right. Yeah. He's just barefoot, or basically orange body with blue underwear, little belt and then accent in his face. Not a super amount of detail. And Beast Man then later gets made, or excuse me, Moss Man gets made on Beast Man's body, yep. which once Mattel realizes, man, we can just repaint these dudes or throw flocking on them, they utilize, I guess as we go, we'll we'll see how many of these guys get reused. It has to be an insane amount. Maybe oh, all yeah. of them, Maybe. honestly. I don't think there's one unique guy in these first eight. Uh, 
we'll find out. But yeah, Beastman, super cool. He's on the villain side, right? So yeah, of the of the eight, is it an even split? Four? It's three, four, one. Yeah. Oh, because Zodak's kind of like he's the yeah. middleman. Yeah, but yeah, Beastman's like the number two for Skeletor. Yeah, yeah, his, his little henchman, and there's definitely some orangutan influence with the with the face, mm-hmm. uh, I believe, and the orangeness. So little ape influence there, and then you know you create. Beastman, very cool figure, very cool character, fun being him for Halloween. Yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll make sure in this week's post on IG yeah. to post the picture of Dave in the full on Beastman garb that had to have taken. People so don't long. know how much work that Missy. Had to have taken. Just shout out to Missy. She spent <laughs> a lot of time putting that thing together for me, and I I was like, I'm just gonna be Beastman. It's gonna be an easy costume. I've just the thing that's gonna take the longest is painting my head like him, and yeah. I'm just gonna get orange sweats. An orange orange sweatsuit and some blue like underwear and I'm set. Mm-hmm. I have red and silver wrestling boots. I'll just wear those. And she was like, "Oh no, <laughs> no, we're gonna make this costume sweet." And I'm yeah. like, "All right, here's your little project." So she kind of took it from me and she did a phenomenal job with it. I can't wait for to see Dave dressed as He Man next year. Oh yeah, well, yeah. I was He Man. He, he's already as started. A child. He started the workout <laughs> regimen. He's already started working out, guys. I, I need to I actually. <laughs> Yeah, I have started working out not to be He-Man because I've gained like 25 pounds since I was Beast-Man. Um, i got to give Dave my Jesse the Body workout plan. I, I need that, you yes. Absolutely. I need to get properly jacked by October. But uh, speak of the man, He-Man, my other Halloween costume from when I was like three or four years old as yep. a child. Mm-hmm. Um, he is next up in the list of... He is, eight. and this is, a, we all know, original He-Man. Iconic. Every child whether you wanted him or not you had this figure everybody had a he-man figure the amount of units sold in the 80s has to be un has to be humongous uh super super cool figure and he-man he comes fully decked out like he's got a lot of stuff right he's got his harness he's got a sword got the shield got the axe other versions of he-man come along the way but i don't know if they all have every single piece you need I don't think as far as accessory wise, right? Not like this first one. Yeah. So you guys had to have had He Man, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I had multiple He Man. I probably had three or four, and you don't even know how you get them all. They're just there. Yeah, yeah. He Man. I've talked. I've talked about it in the old pods and along the way too. It's like He Man as a toy line, and now once we really like look at the years, and you realize, okay, this stuff can't. This was first released in 1982. Like I am literally born this year. Am I? Is right. my mom going to Toys R Us and buying me He Man when I'm three months old? No way. So I'm all my He Man figures. I can't remember ever buying one at a retail establishment. Nope. They were all secondhand. They were all from yard sales. Yeah. Our kid down the street doesn't want them anymore. Right? Like you guys in a store? Do you ever even remember no. seeing He Man was two years old when I was born? Yeah, so all like, of the stuff was just hand me downs or garage sales stuff yeah. from my cousins. I vaguely remember opening the package, but I'm pretty sure it would have been Christmas, birthday, or just somebody aunt. Yeah, somebody being like, "Oh, I bought you He Man figure because I was so into it." Yeah, yeah. but like bet, you know. any memory of like seeing He Man figures hanging on pegs? I don't no, have any. I, don't have any. I actually do. Um, I mean, it would have probably been like maybe '87. Really? It was around the time the movie came out. Yeah. And going to Toys R Us, like after seeing the movie, and I remember seeing like figures there. Um, but that's it. That's the only time I remember seeing figures in the store because I yeah. wanted to buy He-Man figures. Mm-hmm. Seeing the movie in theaters, 
But before that, I remember seeing him in there and being soaked for the movie. So I do have vague memories of him. I couldn't tell you who they were or what they were, but I remember. Yeah, so that would have been right it. around the tail end, like when the line kind of yeah. takes a yeah. dive at 87, and then they're clearanced out in 88 yep. and relaunched in 1989-90 for New Adventures. New Adventures, I remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of KB toy liquid yes. eaters, pegs full yep. of New Adventures. But with, with He-Man. Yeah. Um, my issue, like as a kid, obviously I didn't care of a He-Man toy. When I look back at that figure, man, that haircut, that hair on that figure is terrible. <laughs> you don't like it? <laughs> it's a tear. It's like, an iconic look now. It absolutely yeah. is. Straight up eighties. Just, you just look at it and go, "That's like a Dutch boy haircut." Yeah. I'm not sure what you call it, but yeah, he's just a blonde, blonde jacked brother. Um, we talked about prior to Masters of the Universe, like. The hottest selling action figure toy line is Star Wars. Three and three quarters, five points of articulation, a lot of clothed, normal sized men and women and aliens. And He Man comes on the scene. He's five and a half inches tall. He's absolutely jacked. Jacked, jacked, jacked. And he's got a head full of beautiful blonde hair. Right. (laughs) Yep. And a great facial expressions, you know. Yeah, he's got Another the, thing Star Wars couldn't do. Yeah, he's got that grimace on his face. Looks like he's ready to, you mm-hmm. know, just take it to Skeletor. I mean, a really, really iconic figure. Um, what do we think about the sword, right? The power sword? Hmm. How it's flat on the one side? Because the idea is you take Skeletors yeah, and you're like... Yeah, you got to combine them, yeah. So there's like all this awesome detail on one, and then it's just like incredibly flat on the other. I, th- I like that idea of it yeah but the execution as a toy it's kind of like eh. yeah i wish they would have gave you both like a full complete sword and then the half sword yeah nowadays they do that they do they that give you an, they give you the alternate head as well yeah right. in 82 i mean you're just lucky you got a sword <laughs> yeah and let's be honest you lost it like five seconds <laughs> hell yeah you did as you were ripping he-man from the, the sword the card flies back, in the car <laughs> all the stuff flew in the carpet and you never saw it again right yeah but yeah you need he-man He's the center of the entire universe, so we're going to talk about Battle Cat in a minute. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about Castle Grayskull. You absolutely ha- need He-Man. There's no kid in 82 that had these figures and passed up He-Man. Oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, you know what? Let me get Zodak right. and uh, Man-at-Arms. Oh, I don't yeah. need He-Man. You got to have him. You have to. And He-Man was, what, probably like three to a case, if not more. He was <laughs> pa- shipped on his own. Who knows? But I feel like He-Man was yeah. probably clogging the pegs. That's the story that we've heard many times over when they talk about the vintage line. One of the reasons people think it died is that in 86 and mm-hmm. in 87, when stores were restocking and they were ordering cases of figures, they're hoping it's full of He-Mans and Skeletors and all these important characters, yeah. but it would be an assortment. So whatever Mattel had in their warehouse, they'd throw in the case. So let's say Toys R Us is making an order in 86, hoping for He-Man, because right. that's who the kids want. It'll be nothing but 24 buzz-offs in a case. Oh, no. And then the shelves yeah. are clogged and no one's buying because no, no one, one wants, wants buzz-off buzz or these random one-off characters. You got to have He-Man. Yep. He has to be available at all times, all times. on pegs. To keep the line going, because when mm-hmm. you're introduced to the toy line for the first time, he's the dude you're going to start yeah. with. Yeah. Right. You need him. Yeah. Well, who? so who's next? We've got He-Man. We've got Beast-Man. Man-at-Arms. Good old Duncan. Our <laughs> brother Duncan. He-Man's number two, Man-at-Arms. 
I think Man at Arms is a sick figure. He, I think he's super sick. He's got all that cool armor, right? Mm-hmm. And he could still kick your butt with his bare hands. <laughs> he doesn't even need all his accessories. He's the heroic master of weapons. He's got that mace in his hand. Mm-hmm. He's got that chest thing where it like co- kind of covers half of his face. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, the shoulder pad on one arm. Mm-hmm. Full shoulder pad, leg pad. Looks like he's Greg the Hammer Valentine. <laughs> he's rocking the hammer look right there. <laughs> looks like he's going to put someone in a figure four. Uh, I love Man at Arms. I think yeah. he's a really cool figure. Excellent yes. character. Big yeah. fan. And just, yeah, like it's a cool, f- like, he looks like a guy who you want to go into battle with. You want him on your oh, side. Yes. Absolutely. Because yep. when your back's against the wall and he comes in rocking all this armor, uh-huh. which, let's be honest, you take all the armor off him, mm-hmm. he's just, just a green, he's just green. He's green. He's a He-Man body with yep. painted. Same boots. Yes. Yeah, his legs are green. His his chest is green. His arms are green. Mm-hmm. That armor really like pops it off. So I've seen a lot of naked man-at-arms in my life. Yes. And he's less impressive when he has any armor on him. Less impressive, but he can still do some damage. Absolutely. He sure could, yeah. So... We've got a, uh, what is the name of this book in front of the us, guys? The Toys of? The Toys of He-Man and Masters of the Universe, which I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably familiar with this book. Yeah, giant um, book. Giant, giant book kind of breaks down each figure. And there's a part in here about Man-at-Arms mustache. I'm, I'll just read it. It's because you think of Man-at-Arms on the tune, and yeah, he's the he's like Tom Beautiful Selleck mustache, looking. Yeah. And the, but the toy, no mustache. Looks so weird. It says, the figure is noticeably lacking the mustache that Man at Arms is known for, thanks to his appearance in the He-Man and Masters of the Universe cartoon series. The mustache was an addition by Filmation in an effort to make him look older and more like a father figure. Makes sense. Makes total sense. Absolutely. Because at the time, Mattel probably isn't, they're just throwing stuff at a wall, right? Yes. Like, they are literally just making stuff up. Um, yeah, they know that they need these characters to have a backstory. All the toy stores tell them what kid is going to buy these figures. They don't know anything about these characters, and on a whim, they come up with the idea that oh, we'll throw comics in the packaging. Yeah, that explains the backstory to the kids. Um, so that helps a bit, right? So then they got to go back and write this whole backstory and flesh these characters out. Um, but the funny part of that story is. At the same time <clears throat> that they make these comics, the toys, the toy buyers are asking them, what's the age range that we're shooting for? Like, what kids do we want to buy these? And they answer five years old. And they're like, well, can five-year-old kids read? And the idea was, okay, maybe they can't even read the comic that you're putting in the packaging. And from that is the idea of, let's make a cartoon. Yes. And then once Filmation gets their hands on it, then the figures really get uh, fleshed out and... Man at Arms get that gets the mustache to be that father figure, but did they ever re-release a Man at Arms with the mustache in the like in the vintage line? No, no, no. Um, two thousand two thousand X Man at Arms has a mustache. Uh, Origins Man at Arms have a mustache. I think so. I can't. I'm trying to picture. I know we have them at home. I can't picture. But yeah, in the vintage line, no, no, they never really went back and changed. In the vintage line, Mattel never created a cartoon accurate figure of anybody uh-huh. in like the 82 to 87 era. Just they made their stuff, it came out. They never went back and was like, oh, let's throw a mustache on. So Duncan. the red boots on Beastman must have been just a totally different line that was. No, I'm later. sure, I'm sure along the way in your search, you found a cartoon accurate. Super 7 made a uh, yeah. cartoon accurate figures. Mattel just made, started making Origins cartoon accurate That's figures. That's what it was. So Origins, he's out there, but in the 80s, no, okay. no, yeah. 
So yeah, man at arms. He man's number two. Do you think there are any kids out there with their permanent markers uh, drawing the mustache on good old Duncan <laughs> after <laughs> after watching the cartoon? I, probably. I gotta I, make I this probably accurate. Did because I used to draw on my fingers all the time. Yeah, battle wounds. Yeah, I probably did, did like give did a, a permanent marker like a sharpie even exist in the like, mid eighties? It would have been ballpoint like ballpoint pen. Yeah. I definitely used a pen. I was yeah. gonna say maybe like a Crayola. Yeah, big Crayola marker and smudges the second you, right. you draw I, on them. I used ink pens on when I drew on my LJNs and my my He Man guys. Oh, nice. on our heads, it was an ink pen. The <laughs> <laughs> world's first customizer <laughs> over <right>. here. <laughs> Little Dave killed the game. All right, and so we got Merman up. Next. Yeah, so from Man at Arms to Merman, what do we think of Merman? He's cool. He's cool. He's unique looking. That head, I love. The Ocean Warlord yeah. himself. He or excuse me, Merman. Very colorful. Uh, yeah, Very bright of the, like, fir- of the first eight. Yes, mm-hmm. probably one of the most colorful is bright green body. He's got the <laughs> we we call it his corn cob sword. It is a corn cob <laughs> sword. Yeah, it's a color and texture of a cob of corn. Um, his little like bow tie belt. Yeah, which is kind of great. And then there's a variant to Merman, which I'm sure everyone knows. So underneath his belt, he's got that molded on belt part of his torso. Yeah. And there's the version where he's just all orange, and then the other version where he's got like the green highlight. If you're picking one or the other, you got to get the one with the green belt. I would think so. You want that extra hit of color. Yeah, that yeah. pop of color. But yeah, Merman ends up getting remade into Stinkor later. Mm-hmm. They just turn him into a skunk. Um, I like Merman. I think he's a really cool character. His face is really unique <laughs> and odd. <laughs> it's very shocking. His eyes are bugging, but yeah. it's kind of like you know the the fish. Aspect of it, you know, the he's got guys, yeah, yeah, very much. Um, it, it, to me, it makes sense. And he had, um, Merman was one of the figures that actually had like a action to him, right? Like he, like a, something with his waist, you could twist him. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where oh, where you would pull him back and he would kind of yeah, his yeah. body would move. I feel like a few of these had that action, right? I think when, so, when I yeah. look back and think of Man it, Man in Arms had, yeah, Man in Arms yeah. did as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was thinking Merman, that was why they tried to get him to sell, was just because he was like, well, no one's going to buy this guy. Let's. It's like they're little... just trying to cover all bases. It's like gotta we've got. a guy for the sea. Yes. Yes. Got to have the master of the water and the oceans. Zodak's going to be the cosmic guy. Yep. He Man's holding it down on Earth, mm-hmm. on Eternia. You just got to cover all your bases. And so Merman, he's got the sword, he's got the. the um, Harness, chest, shield-looking thing. thing. He's got the little bow tie belt. A cool figure. Again, he's another one like Man at Arms. When you take that armor off, just a green dude. This looks like a fish. But and no one's collection of vintage Motu didn't have a merman in it. Honestly, you can say that for all of these first eight. These first eight. For it's sure. like if you had twenty figures or thirty or forty, mm-hmm. these eight were in it. Yes. Every kid had these eight figures because this too is the time. Um, nowadays, like a series comes out, a new toy lines launch series, series one hits shelves. There's six figures in it. Okay. Then series two hits by the time series three or four's out the opportunity to buy that first series of figures they're It's not there. They're not like constantly shipping the same stuff over and over right. this stuff in the eighties. I mean, they're just shipping these guys. They're just making them and shipping them for mm-hmm. years at a time. So it could be 1984 and you can walk into Toys R Us and buy a merman. Yeah. Or Zodak or He-Man. Especially so, the first couple of years. They yeah. were flying off the shelf so fast. All those reorders. Yeah. So we've got 
So what? So far, we've got two baby faces and two heels. Who's who's next on the list? Oh, just like any war games match, you need to get that heel advantage. <laughs> and it's time. <laughs> oh, for this the, is a big advantage it's time coming for our the way. Big boy to come in. Things are a little too even, so you got to bring in the heater. Yeah, you this is. Uh, got to bring in Skeletor. Skeletor is. An unbelievable action figure, right? A top yes. 10 action figure of all time. The argument could be made that Skeletor as an action figure might be more iconic than He-Man. I mean, yeah. Right? I I've mean, definitely heard that argument. What do we think about Skeletor, Dave, as a as a character, as an aesthetic? Um, one of my, I mean, a top three character for me. I mean, yeah. like, just the skull head and, like, Nothing screams bad guy, especially in the 80s, like a skull. Mm -hmm, it was just right. everywhere, best way to do it. And then just as a look with like, like bluish purple hits, the purple especially, it's like this guy is just evil mm -hmm. to the bone. Yeah. And then in the, the show, he was just so annoying. The most, you know, and you just wanted, <laughs> yeah, wanted He-Man to kick his rear end. Yep. And yep. Um, he was just such a good bad guy. And then he looks he looks scary, looks menacing, looks mm -hmm. evil. And then, yeah. I mean, for me, the Masters Universe film, Frank Langella crushed. Oh, yeah. Killed it. Best part of that movie. Oh, it was so good. <clears throat> such a good performance. But Yeah. The great character. The aesthetic of Skeletor, the look, the colors, everything you just mentioned, it, it's prevalent today. Like you could, there's all sorts of characters that are similar to Skeletor that he influenced. But yes, when you take yourself back to 1982, there were a few figures prior to Clash of the Titans has that like skeleton looking dude. Like there are some toys, but I think Skeletor like set off a chain of events. It's like there's think of 19. 88 TMNT Shredder. Just think of the, his colors and how mm -hmm. he looks. There's no way he's not influenced by Absolutely. Skeletor. Oh, yes. There's, there's just no way. Um, he's got that staff in his hand. The staff the is, Havoc staff. The Havoc yeah. staff is so cool, right? With like mm -hmm. the ram horn looking thing yes. on top. It's just sick. Yeah. He has the other side of the sword, right? You he need does. the two sides to complete the That's power Skeletor's sword. Skeletor's mission. Yeah. I, I love this figure. Um, so there's the, there's variants to Skeletor too along the way, and I I don't know if they're intentional variants. I would guess they're not. Where there's you've heard of like the half boot Skeletor, yeah. where oh, yeah. cheaping out Mattel just doesn't paint the back half mm -hmm. of his boots. So lots of times when you get a a vintage collection of He-Man and you have to check for that. Okay, does Skeletor have the ha if it's a half boot variant where only the front halves of his boot are painted? He's worth money if he's in good shape and yes. he's complete. There's like the the cheek, like the rosy cheek, peach cheek version where he's got like some like highlights on his uh, mm -hmm. on, his, on his face. Uh, again, another slightly more expensive variant of Skeletor. I, I love this figure. You throw you throw Skeletor on the back of Panther, which I know we're not talking about Panther till '83. Right. Woo, baby! It's what right? a combo. It's just like a beautiful look. I I think Skeletor is one of the best villain toys of all time and mm -hmm. especially in the early really just the 80s in general i don't think it gets much better than skeletor no, because putting darth vader to shame yeah it's just like because of skeletor you get uh you get panthor you mm -hmm. get the land shark you yeah. get the he gets his own place at snake mountain like you get all this super cool evil nefarious looking stuff and it comes from him right this gotta is, support your main bad guy yeah and they supported him they real sure well did. I, 
there's kids in the 80s, sure, a lot of kids loved He-Man and rocked He-Man and wanted to be He-Man and dressed up as He-Man. But you know there is a huge amount of kids that gravitated towards this type of aesthetic that probably rocked Skeletor as their main dude back in the day. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, especially. Probably one of the first villains you could, like, really get behind because, especially in 82, if you're growing up in the 80s, prior to Masters of the Universe, I don't know if there's, I guess Darth Vader would probably be. Darth Vader was it. Probably the only cool bad guy. Mm -hmm. So when you started talking at the top of the show about, you know, being in seventh grade and liking toys Mm -hmm. and being a secret, in the early 80s, if you're in seventh grade, and you like toys still, what else is hot in the 80s? Punk rock music's on the rise. Heavy metal music's on the rise. Skeletor's your guy. Yeah. Oh, you're going to yeah, be absolutely. right yeah. in there with that if you're in the middle school in the 80s, which some of our listeners are probably in there. You know, what yeah. would that make you, like, seven, eight years older than us? Yeah. yeah. And just putting them right in there. They're going to they're gonna be like the closet Skeletor fan. They're going to be like, He-Man is for little kids and wusses. <laughs> Skeletor is the man. He looks Heck sick. Yeah. He looks sweet. Yeah. And, you know, just I think of the Misfits logo. I know it's the Crimson Ghost, but it's like, you know, Skeletor, if you, if you learn to the skull aesthetic, right there, Skeletor's yeah. dude. 100%. Mm-hmm. Skeletor right. rules this next guy. <laughs> I already know who it is. <laughs> I'm thinking about it alphabetically in my head. It's Stratos. Absolutely, it's uh-huh. Stratos. The winged warrior himself. What yeah. do we think of Stratos? I mean, look, he didn't even need any uh, weapons, just his wings. That's all he needed. <laughs> I loved this toy as a kid. Yeah. I loved Stratos. He was a cool, just a fun character. And, you know, you know, he was, I mean, he was like the third or fourth I mean, he was actually more like the fifth or sixth baby face in the cartoon. He wasn't mm-hmm. as prominently featured as some other baby faces. But, like, I loved the toy. He was. A, it might have been one of the early toys I had. Yeah. But he was always around, always playing with them, and I just thought he was he was awesome. Yeah. yeah. I get, it's like, go back to being a little kid and playing with toys. Yeah. You know somebody is getting in your hand, and you're going to wave him in the air, yeah. and he's flying around yeah. like Superman. Like That's just a play pattern. Yep. Every kid does that, to, right? Still. Still. Yeah. This dude has wings. He's yeah. supposed his, to fly. He's supposed to fly. <laughs> so like, the right. second you rip him out of the package with his wings on his arms, you know you're waving that dude in the air, and he's going to go flying and yeah, do Yeah, he's your flyer. He was picking up the bad guys and dropping <laughs> them down to their doom. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's got needed Taking them to the stratosphere. <laughs> that's right, baby. <laughs> He was like blue and red, and just uh, I can't see the book, but he was blue and red, right? He's all so his body's, body's gray, gray, but like his armor and his wings are blue and red, and his underwear and his belt, and then he's got the red head with the blue like, like a lucha goggle. mask. Yeah, he's got big like goggles because you know you don't want bugs hitting your eyeballs when yeah, you're flying. I, in no, the, absolutely not. The air of Eternia. <laughs> when I wrestled with these guys, which you know of course is what we did with mm-hmm. with our toys, mm-hmm. he was my like high flying luchador Makes guy, sense. even though I didn't know what a luchador Ray Mysterio was before time. Ray Mysterio. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, but yeah, it was like the you know the killer bees. Yeah. Wore masks and they were athletic guys. So that's how I looked at, at Stratos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So were you mentioning blue and red? There's two versions to Stratos. So he's got his uh, harness that kind of like is a jetpack wing type of thing kinda, that goes on his back. Yeah, and that's traditionally blue, and his wings are red. But you can find him along the way inversed, where his harness is red and his wings are blue. I love this figure. <laughs> 
the origins line though has kind of soured me on Stratos. <laughs> yeah, because I he's know in, why. Because <laughs> he's in that wave, man. There's that one wave of origins mm-hmm. where it's got Buzz off in it in Jitsu. Yeah, it's still hanging on pegs. Still hanging on pegs, Ugh. and it has the comic version of Stratos, which yeah. in the mini comics he is not gray; he is flesh tone, naked oh. Stratos. So he just so everyone calls him Naked Stratos, and that figure is still. For the last yep. three, possibly four years. <laughs> Go walk in the Target right now. He's there. Walk into any Target in southeastern <laughs> Michigan. And for some reason, they have not clearances. Dude, there is a shipper on an end cap yeah. at the Westland Target. Still? It has been there for three years. It's on the front of the end cap, a shipper full, overflowing. That's horrible. With these same four figures in Sorceress. Christmas has come and gone. Mm. Another Christmas has come and gone. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> another one. Christmas is, I'm like... Did did Target sign an ironclad contract with Mattel? They refused to clearance out this. They've clearanced out five series after that series. Right, and even the huge play sets they clearanced out. All of it. And Stratos is still hanging there full price, <laughs> naked. It's, it's unbelievable. So, yeah, that, that Stratos is just seeing him so much. is It's unfortunate because yeah. him... Dude, for real, him, Buzz Off, Jitsu, and Sorceress, when I see him, I'm just like, I want to barf. Yeah, tired of it. (laughs) We're tired of it. I just want to barf. Someone needs to buy all these figures and return them like, you know, 30 days later. Hopefully, Target will put new stuff out. (laughs) That's the goal. Oh, yeah. That wave straight up killed Target's uh, Motu's momentum at Target. Anyways, totally off topic. But yeah, that Stratos is cool, and you need a dude to fly in the air. Got to have the flyer. So who we got left? We got oh, you got to have another baby face. You need to have that female perspective. That oh intuition. yeah, yeah. You got to have Tila. Yeah. What Tila. would what would a Masters Universe line be without Tila? Tila's cool. Very cool. Awesome. Um, right along the lines of Princess Leia. You know, you got to have the cool female supporting your heroes. Not just snake stuff, right? Tila yes. had like a snake. Yeah, sword her staffs, and a, uh, and her headdress, snake looking, and yeah. her headdress, and she's got her shield. So she's got a lot of stuff too, and. Her body gets repainted into Evil Lynn like yes. a year or two later, uh, which would just be what the the evil version of Tila, Pretty more much. or less, Skeletor's female villain. Uh, yeah, Tila's a cool figure. I had it for sure. Yep. Kind of, I don't want to say revolutionary or anything, but the fact that they put a woman in the first eight is kind of shocking at the time, right? I, I think well, it was to Joe's point. They were point following Layla, Star Wars Layla. Blueprint, pretty much. You think it was? Because Leia was one of the first Absolutely. four figures out. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and as the, long as you make them powerful women, the boys will buy them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And how you talked about like the different Skeletor variants. Isn't there different like Tila variants with like, her hair being different shades? Uh, I, I believe in the vintage line, there probably is where her hair is a little bit darker. Yeah. I know, like in Origins and along the way, there's Snake Tila. There's Snake Tila's oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, in the Origins line, like originally she came out with like a brownish hair, but then there's some where the hair is like more reddish brown. Oh, yeah. There I'm, sh- I'm sure. Depending on whatever factory yeah. was painting her. Yeah. No, you're, there is because there's a dark brown hair for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think when, I, when you picture her, her hair almost kind of matches the color of her accessories. Yes. Where it's got that like orange hue to it. Yep. Um, but yeah, you got to have Tila. You got to flesh out the team. Yeah, the daughter of Man at Arms. That's right. Which I don't know how old I was before I realized that it wasn't. When I was a kid, I had no clue. I had no clue as a kid. I had no clue. I'm like, maybe if Man at Arms had a mustache, I could believe this. Right. <laughs> you look too young, sir. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the thing with Tila being uh, the daughter of Man at Arms, like you were saying, I think it was, you know, in the Masters of the Universe movie, 
it wasn't really depicted. They were kind of tying, I believe, her like the sorceress's daughter. Yeah. And that was like the angle they went with, um, even though Man of Arms was definitely older in the movie. But in the cartoon, I remember it being mentioned early on because she was definitely depicted as young yes. in, the, in the cartoon. I think but. at the start, she was like the goddess character that sorceress becomes. Okay. I think in 82, that was the idea for Tila. And then along uh-huh. the way, they just made a separate character. Okay, yeah. Where Sorceress kind of filled that role. Yeah, she was. I just remember her being young. And mm-hmm. To me, I was thought she. I actually thought she was like He Man's little sister when I was a little kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes, makes sense. sense. And then yeah. I'm like, oh, it's Man of Arms' daughter. So I knew it as a kid. Forgot about it because you know the movie changed my opinion of it. And then in more recent years, I was like, oh yeah, I do remember that. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anybody else got anything for Tila? No, I no. mean, so that's the seven. There's only one left. We talked about the yes. good guys and the bad guys, and here comes a shade of gray. A the man who literally is wearing gray on his head. <laughs> yeah. The cosmic enforcer. We're talking about Zodak. What do we think of Zodak? Zodak's just chill. <laughs> he just wants everyone to get along, keep the peace in Eternia. This is the one toy I don't think I ever had. Whenever okay. I see pictures of him, so we talked about the vintage line that everybody had it, and I'm like, I don't remember the. No. I don't remember Zodak at all. I remember him in the cartoon, but I do mm-hmm. not remember playing with him or having him. And in the cartoon, I don't remember even like he was just there. He like existed. And I didn't. The only thing I understood him being like a the enforcer of the universe, right? Yeah, I mean he he's got the full mask on his head, and he's got that armor with like the W right. <laughs> looking, which makes no sense. It should no. be a Z, you would think. You would and, think. And he's got his little gun. Um, but you take that armor and that gun away from him, and he's straight up just a naked dude in some underwear with a mask on. Like yep. he's there's not a whole lot to Zodak, especially compared to Beastman or Skeletor or Merman. He's just a dude. He looks like if He Man threw a mask over his head and started flying in the skies. Pretty much. Started wearing Hogan blue, Andre the Giant blue. He's yeah. got Skeletor's feet. Yeah, I mean of the of the first eight, I think Zodak's the least impressive. Yes. Yeah, but at the same time, I know I had them. Like everybody, everybody had these guys. So mm-hmm. everybody but said Dave. I didn't. Everybody but Dave. Dave. Actually, <laughs> Dave probably had them and he just didn't realize. He probably it. just sat at the bottom of a toy bin. <laughs> probably because, uh, his leg sunk. band broke and Dave didn't care about him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> probably you're probably right on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I don't have much to say about him. No, yeah, he's just kind of a neutral party. I know, like when he was started. When he was first created, he was considered neutral. Then I think along the way he might have been evil for a minute, and now he's just now he's just kind of neutral. And in modern lore, I have no clue. He could be a good guy. He's the enforcer. He's a referee. Yep. He's out out there doing his thing. So yeah, that's the eight figures. Uh, There's a couple vehicles, and obviously there's Castle Grayskull. Um, And we got Battle Cat. Yeah, Battle Cat. We got to talk Battle Cat. Battle Cat. We've talked about Battle Cat a lot. In past pods, but an unbelievable toy. A reuse of an existing mold, big gym cat, a yep. figure that was yep. scaled to work with a 12 inch doll. <laughs> yeah. Find a way to turn that into a beast that can ride, that, that a five and a half inch action figure can ride. Right. Genius idea. Absolutely. Throw a saddle on them, throw a helmet on them, paint them green, give them stripes. That's right. On paper, it makes no sense. You're, no you're like, sense. how? How are you going to take this cat for this giant doll and make it work for this guy? But it works. No one thinks twice about it anymore. No one questioned it. <laughs> no, nobody. It is, 
Only the toy makers themselves were like, "What? This isn't going to work." Yes, it will. <laughs> it worked. Yep. I love uh, Battle Cat. Love, love, love. And the and the depiction in the cartoon too. And He Man has the power in Battle Cat. You know, you, you see the transformation. Mm-hmm. It's just that's how I yeah. feel like it worked as a kid because your imagination's able to run wild and you see the transformation and you go, "Oh yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Oh yeah, this is the tag team that we need." Yeah, that whole idea that war filmation kind of came up with okay prince adam and cringer are what they are and then they they essentially hulk up they have the power they become that idea isn't doesn't exist in 1982 with these toys really it's like here's he-man and he's on a cat you're like wait what and they fill the backstory in later but yeah once you're watching the cartoon then your battle cat figure if he doesn't have the saddle and the helmet he still has a purpose. Oh, it's just Cringer. It's just cringer. He's, he's eventually going to get yep. the power, and he's going to be Battle yeah. Cat. Because you know there's a lot. I feel like anytime I buy someone's collection of 80s toys, there's going to be a Battle Cat in there. Absolutely. And he may or may not have a saddle, and he might have his helmet, but at the very least, he's in there. I, at one point yeah. in the last year, I think I had 12. Just I had a... Lined remember up. in the case? Yeah, I remember. Like they were all lined up. G- battle yeah. Cats yeah. all in a row. Um, super iconic toy. Yep. Up. And then, um, of course, Castle Grayskull. We talked a lot about Castle Grayskull yeah. in the oh, go back over. two years. I mean, I shot hockey pucks into it. We, and, talked, uh, we talked about Castle Grayskull on a He-Man pod. We talked yep. about Castle Grayskull on an 80s playset pod. Yes. We've talked about it a lot. A lot. Best um, playset of all time, in my opinion. But Playability off the charts. Yes. It like set the bar for what a playset can be for boys, and then everybody else was just chasing it and copying it and tweaking it along mm-hmm. the way yeah so we're gonna skip over that and we'll go to the two vehicles mm-hmm. close this thing out with the wind raider and the battle ram both both cool yeah right so the idea that we talked about with stratos flying in the air with your toy wind raider gives he-man the ability to fly in the air right. because without the wind raider he ain't gonna be in the skies hanging mm-hmm. out with stratos the battle ram you could fly too because you could separate them the, you front, could the front se- part would separate, and you could fly around on that thing. Yeah, you're right. And the battle ram came with, what, three three missiles, I yeah. think? Um, yeah, super fun toys. Mm-hmm. And I He-Man, think- as far as like vehicles went, these two set the stage, and then the ball just kept rolling. There's a million He-Man vehicles, and they're all super fun they're and awesome unique vehicles. in their own way. Yeah, I never had the vehicles. None? I, remember. I don't remember either. You had Battle Cat. I had Battle Cat, but oh, I never good. had like Wind Raider, <laughs> Battle... And then these, as the line went on... My, my mom, Santa Claus, they weren't big vehicles into the Harbison household. So mm. we, uh, yeah. we had Grayskull and we had the guys. But like I said, we mostly just battled. We, we beat the crap out of our toys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they wrestled hard. They yeah. fought hard when they had their battles. I mean, they were all marked up and banged up. They all had a good night's sleep at night yeah. after all the hard work and fighting they put them through <laughs> they each were, day. They were played with. They yeah. were happy. Yeah. Turnia was at war over there. <laughs> yeah. Wind Raiders won that. Uh, looking back, all the vehicles that got made after it yeah. kind of makes Wind Raider like a, it is what it is. Just kind of little yeah. chintzy wings on the side, has that little thing on the front with the rope, with the like anchor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. Most of the time now, to Dave's point, if a Wind Raider rolls through this shop, it yeah. is destroyed. <laughs> right. Destroyed. It doesn't have the back fin, it doesn't have nope. the wings. If the stickers are wrecked, because you know kids were taking that yeah. Wind Raider and throwing it right in the bathtub, going to town. The it stickers had the most were wrecked. Time for play. It was the first vehicle out, so mm-hmm. it just got wrecked. Yeah, and then the Battle Ram, um, 
blue, right? Yeah. Uh, comes apart. It, cool. Battle Ram's awesome. That's I I forgot about the fact that it snaps apart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, shoots the missiles. It's fun as well. The ba- both of those vehicles though are good guy vehicles. Yes. Yeah. All, actually, all the vehicles in '82 are good guy. Yes. There's no. Not until uh, the following year. The following year when you get Panther and you get some other stuff. So a, a fun year of of content. You get your eight figures. You got your three vehicles. You got your playset. In theory, if you had it all, oh, you're, you're covered, Your man. attorney like, is looking good. Yeah, you are covered. You've got hours of playtime. You can land, see, anything, mm-hmm. anything, right? Um, and I know it's been a while since we did a year by year, and we yeah. haven't done He-Man ever. But I think we we got time for a top three, right? Oh, yeah. Sure. We'll do figures only. These lists are going to be the yeah, same. Yeah. Come on. We all know this. <laughs> potentially. Potentially, yeah. Should we just get number one out of the way? Because we're all going to have the same one. Yeah, do it. Because it's Skeletor, it's Skeletor. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Skeletor. Yeah. Okay. Skeletor, yep. 100%. Number, he's number one, if I'm putting him in order. He's number one out of the whole toy line, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. He, Honestly. He, Skeletor's untouchable. Okay, so we all agree on Skeletor. Mm-hmm. Anybody got their number two? Yeah, I've got my three. I think I know your I think number I know two. It. All right, what's your I'll number? just go Beastman. Okay, Beastman is Dave's number two. Hmm. You know your number I two? I do. Who he, man. Yeah. I'm, oh, this is tough. I, I think I... I think I'm leaning. I have to put He-Man. Yeah, He-Man will be my, my number two. Yeah. Number three is going to be tough. See, and this is where I debate between Man at Arms number three and is He-Man easy for, for me, three. Yeah. So I go with he, I would go with the He-Man because he is. Yeah, yeah, you got to have line, him, right? But man, that haircut versus the helmet of Man. I gotta go He-Man. I gotta. It's I gotta, 82 though, Dave. His go hair fits in. As a kid, and the He-Man, I played with a whole lot more. He-Man fought Beast Man. I mean, those were the three I played with the most. He-Man, yeah. Skeletor, and yeah. Beast Man. I, uh, I'm with you. Beastman's my number three. Yeah. Beastman's it was my bet- three. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right? It is. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, no no disrespect to Merman. But I love whatever. Merman, but he's... Stratos. Yeah. No way. Zodak. Tila. Merman 4... Or not Merman. Man-at-Arms 4, Stratos 5. Merman yeah. would in Zodak. I'd probably put Tila ahead of Merman. I think Tila is ahead of Merman on my list. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man. All right, guys. That was fun. Uh, so that was 1982 yep. He-Man. Next week, we're jumping more than a decade ahead. And we'll tell you about it in just a second. All right, guys, we're back next week. We were talking 82 this week. Next week, we're talking 1994. And there is one toy line that reigned supreme at that time. We're talking Bandai, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. We're doing a deep dive on all things Power Rangers 94 next week. Welcome to the Toy Cast. Toy Cast. Cue up the super soakers for the time blast. Time blast. Make your tail spin from the launch pad. Launch it's the time blast. Time blast. Of the toy cast. Toy we cast. know the facts well, straight out the half shell. Bringing that TGRI in the landfill. Yeah. Three Caballeros on the move, no duck bill. Cause they're the right brothers to take flight. It's so real. real. Every time last guaranteed to cover that. Uh. Be kind of rewind like blockbuster back. Yeah. Got reviews, have you looking for the red flag? And bigger noses than Mark Summers on the show hand, so get your notepad, we talking about collectibles, Collectible. you're to the seal, know the value is exceptional, uh, as it can be from TV to the VHS, yeah. Power Rangers, Star Wars, yeah. He-Man, Playsets, yeah. Transformers, G.I. Yeah. Joe with Destro, yeah. like Bryce with the glow, power from Nintendo. Nintendo, so many toys you will never know, never know. welcome to ToyCast, here we go. 
This episode of the Time Blaster Toycast was produced and hosted by Dave Harbison, Joe D'Alessandro, and me, Keith Libra. We record live to tape from my shop, Time Blaster Toys, in Westland, Michigan. This episode was mixed and edited by Joe. Our theme song is by our pal, the talented Mark Cooper. Follow us on Instagram, at Time Blaster Toys, and YouTube, at Time Blaster Toycast. If you have a question, comment, or idea for our show, you can contact us via the Time Blaster Toy Line at 734-494-2292 or via email at timeblastertoys at gmail.com. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see everyone next week.